was born on that planet. And so was my mum, and so was my dad. And that makes me officially the last human being in this room, because you're not human. You've had it all nipped and tucked and flattened till there's nothing left. Anything human got chucked in the bin. You're just skin, Cassandra. Lipstick and skin. Nice talking. Welcome to Into the Time Vortex podcast. We're talking about Doctor Who. We're talking about an episode that came out in 2005 with Christopher Eccleston called The End of the World. I am Ken. Jeff. Julia. This one is the second episode of the new series, new at the time, 2005, and it's, I think it's about the end of the world. <laughs> yes. Um, the Doctor takes Rose on a, on a trip to witness the destruction of Earth five billion years in the future. And they are on a uh, space station with a bunch of rich aliens who have come to be entertained by this. Do you think that's a good move by the doctor to bring Rose's first trip to just bring her to see the end of the world? <laughs> I don't know if he intentionally thought it would be the end of the world. I think he just... No, I think he knew. He seemed to know what was going to yeah. happen. I don't know. Yeah, but no, I don't think it was a good idea to have her see the Earth get blown up. <laughs> yeah, that might be a little traumatic. Because she, she was like in bitch mode. So... Well, look... I'm going to say this right now. I'm not a defender of Rose, but this is one of her best episodes. I thought she was fantastic in it. She's, she's exactly how I pictured a companion to be, even better than the first episode. She was um, the wonder and excitement. She's like, the only thing she could say is, you know, when she sees that blue guy is, he's blue, and she's, and there's the, my favorite scene in the whole episode is when... She got spit on? What? <laughs> when she got spit on? So, no, but... Everything about it was perfect in this in this part because that where the doctor is communicating and she's just out of her element completely. And when they start playing the music and they're talking about how this is like way in the future, her reaction is perfect because she starts to get dizzy and like the, the music is mutating. And they haven't done this since because usually when the companions come on and they come out, they're like they take it right in stride. Yeah, I don't think Donna did as much, but. But this was great because then she leaves the room and she she couldn't take it. I mean, I think everyone would react like that, except unless you're on Doctor Who and you're running around. But, um, but yeah, that was actually something that I wrote down about because I was like, I had forgotten how how she progressed. She went from being you know slightly amused and and interested and and. You could just see it all going across her face, the, and then the panic sets in, and and she's like, I can't deal with this. Yeah. And the and the the first verse of Tainted Love went really well with that. I thought it was. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a fan of that song in general, but um, I thought it was a good use of that of that song. Yeah. And it, it was just, it was. A, she really did a good job. Yeah. And, and the whole episode, she it continues to happen because she has nothing to really grasp upon then she meets someone and starts to have an interaction that's semi-normal and then um the rest of the episode she's in danger and everything and you know at the end she has that sort of like where she's looking out at the blown up planet and says you know and the the moment where she calls her mother and stuff like that was really good too 
And, you know, I remember when I first watched this episode, I, I, I had a problem with Rose. I thought Rose was okay, but there were some issues with it. This one really redeemed itself, and I, I, I remember giving it a really high mark initially. There were things I didn't like in it, but um, I thought overall they, they, you know, the strength of what her, her companion, her character was, boy, she deteriorates rapidly after that in mm -hmm. other episodes, but this one, it, you know, I thought she did really good with it. Yeah, I, I, I liked it. I liked it a lot more than I remember liking it when I initially saw it. Um, I liked it when she was talking to the, the little blue plumber person, Raphaelian, I yeah. think her name was. Who she had to give permission to speak to. Yeah, which, she, which you know, also kind of freaked her out. Like, yeah. what the heck is this? Why am I having to do this? Yeah. Um, and they're talking about where they're from, and she sort of, it suddenly dawns on her, like, I have no idea who this guy is, or where I am, or where I'm going, or if I can get back home, or, you know, it just all is sort of dawning on her that she's really put yeah. her foot in it and doesn't know how to get herself out of this if things go bad. And, and then when dealing with the last living human... Um, <laughs> Which is uh, a piece of skin. Yeah, she, she really starts to get upset, and, and I love when she gets angry in this episode too because at one point the doctor's talking to um, the tree there and um, Jabe. Jabe and she's like why don't you two go pollinate and <laughs> and then she goes talks to her you know her, her uh, friend there the, the what, what's the Cassandra. Cassandra the bitchy trampoline yeah and, and, <laughs> and she can't stand her because everything you know it's so far in the future, everything that's being said is wrong. You, you know, they're talking about the different things, and she's like, I know more of what's going on than they do and everything. And so it's pretty neat how the companion was really brought into that focus of this episode. It was not about... I mean, ultimately, something bad happens, and the Doctor has to figure it out, and they're all in danger, but ultimately, it's focused on her. And that was good because we hadn't seen that this was like a new show and and that was one of the things that i think went was good uh, until they over abused it which i think they started to do down the line but so i just found it curious that they put the override controls for the whole space station in a death trap they had to go through all those oh, yeah. blade things just to get over so you can do override and put the the shields back on. You would think that'd be something that was more accessible. Yeah, that's Russell T. Davis. He always he didn't they just come in the wrong door? I thought there was a door on that end too, and they had just come in the wrong. Well, door. would it have been easier to just go around? But they didn't really have time. Well, so so and there's got to be well the time they took him to go past each one very slowly. They probably could have gone all the way around. Yeah. But then they wouldn't have been near the the lever to pull down. Mm -hmm. Maybe I don't know. So the lever to pull down was to make those things go slower. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Jabe would have not burnt Died, to death. Yeah. Okay, so Russell T. Davis, I think he's really good. And this is a great example of it of with characters of putting the characters through these emotions and everything. When it comes to the science and the structure of the story, he doesn't care as much. You know, he sits there and says, 
well, I got to put the doctor in danger. What do we do? Well, we do the fan that moves around really fast. Well, why would there be a button at the end? Well, I don't care. Just do it. You know, and, and I think that's what he does. And so what happens is when we watch these episodes, like I'm kind of ignoring that part of it because I like this episode. But if it's an episode I didn't like, I would be like, oh, wow, this is ridiculous because they put the stupid button. He's an idiot. He's a lazy writer. But I don't have to use that if I don't want to. <laughs> it's kind of a... Just like when the robot, little robot spider pressed the button on the keyboard for the sun shield. Wouldn't you think that the guy who was the host, whatever, would know what button was the one to put it back up? Yeah. He's punching every single button on the... How would he not know? You would think he would know. Well, I mean, is this space station The space up? station is supposed to be fully automated. And the steward is really only there to, like, yeah. assist the guests. And he's not real... It's all supposed to be run by... A computer. Yeah. Mm. But why would they have... So, if a space station is a generically made space station that's hundreds of them are used throughout the galaxy, then that's fine. But if you're, if you're making it... If you're designing it to be right near where a, a, a planet's blowing up, why would you put... And the sun's growing. Why, why would you have a, even a, have a sun shield that can come up? You know, it's like, you know, wh why have that option? And why have not... Why would you not have disabled that option? Uh, you, you know, and then I guess, you know they figured out how to bypass it or whatever the safety protocols maybe but it just was like there shouldn't have been an option to have a sun shield yes go. but if the sun shields didn't go up then there would be no story yeah you have to have some element of you know well, gotta suspend some disbelief yeah and I know but um and wouldn't you think once Cassandra escaped on her ship she would hightail it out of there instead of still being there so the doctor can reverse the transporter and have her come back? Yeah, but well, can't you transport somebody from anywhere? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't mean... Well, you would think it'd have a do. range, wouldn't it? Well, maybe, but... Because why would she Maybe she was... It was very quick before he brought her back, so maybe... maybe uh, you know, again, these are little technical things that we can pick apart. Russell T. Davis, I think, is not as good at those technical details. If you, We can go on and on about different episodes. There's some that are worse than others. This one had a couple of little things in it, but... Um, but he's, you could tell he's just like, well, it's not about that. It's not about the, the sun shield and people dying. It's about Rose. And again, maybe that's lazy writing because it's like, well, you can do both. So many shows and so many movies and everything do that and they do it well with everything, you know, you know, you know, Firefly, for example, can do both. They can do characters and they can do a story that doesn't have hundreds of flaws in it. Whereas Doctor Who can't do that all the time but yeah do you think that maybe he, they were just sort of coasting on the fact that hey doctor who is back after so many years and and people aren't going to pay attention because they're going to be so excited to have new doctor who episodes well maybe I, i'm trying to remember what i thought of it back then because i had a major problems with the with it when it came back and, and not all of it was the technical aspects like oh wow how come they couldn't have done that or that you know, an episode like Dalek doesn't have too many technical problems in it. it it's logic. It makes logic sense on all levels. Russell T. Davis didn't write it. <laughs> oh, okay. But Russell T. Davis, you know, he has issues. But some of my problems were with the characters. But this episode doesn't have that character. Those character flaws. Uh, um, you know, I'm not going to start 
harping on some of the things that he does later on, but you know, I, I, I just like the whole how the doctor reacted to everyone where at one point someone says something to him or something and he goes that's nice, thank you very much, you know, he's just kinda, you know, what I vision the doctor to be, someone that is the funny one whereas every everything else is serious or whatever and then the spitting and everything was kinda you know, it was silly at the time, but when I watched it again, I'm I'm like, it's, it's I, I'm okay with that. Maybe because I've gotten used to the series and I got used to it. from my lungs. Yeah, that that. <laughs> it's like a, that's a good idea for someone who's really cheap at giving gifts or something. But and he also cries in this episode or sheds a Just tear. Just about yeah. yeah, which you've never really seen him do before. And then at one point she's talking to the plant and she's like, I'm talking to a twig. You know, just that realization is basically putting the viewer into that same situation. I, I think one of the things I can't stand is, you know, viewers say, what happens if a TARDIS actually landed? What would you do? I'd run right in there and go off and have adventures with the doctor. It's like, oh, so you're going to run off and potentially get killed and leave everything behind. Okay, go ahead. And, and maybe maybe that's fine, but I wouldn't. Even before I was married, before I had a child or whatever, I wouldn't because I would be in danger, and maybe I'm just being cynical, but um, I felt like they handled the companion a lot better in this episode. And this is when this episode was over, I was like, okay, if they can do this for the next bunch of seasons, I'll be happy, and they mm -hmm. totally didn't. <laughs> but, um, well, you know, once in a while they did. It was a very simple story, too. Yeah. Which isn't a bad thing. You just could sit there, watch and enjoy it, and not have to think about it. The, the other thing about Rose was how everything is taken for granted, and the doctor's like, Rose is like, how come I can hear? I understand everyone. And he goes, well, it's because of TARDIS telepathic circuits and everything. And she gets mad at that. She's like, you've done something to my mind without asking me. And again, that's something that no one else has ever thought of, like... And she I don't even recall anybody else asking how they can understand other it, creatures. Do they? It was brought up it's in the been brought up series. before. Yeah. But in New Doctor Who, I don't recall anybody asking. They just assume everybody's speaking English? I, I mean, maybe, they, maybe I'm just not remembering it. I thought they might have, but they, it's not something to make a big deal out of it. Rose made a big deal out of it because... She's like, well, wait a minute now. And I thought that was a re very realistic um, reaction because most everyone else is like, oh, really? Okay. Hmm. You know, and that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, they just accept it. Well, they, they probably read Douglas Adams and thought it was like a babblefish, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, I thought that was a really good scene, too. And, you know, when I'm watching this, I'd seen it a number of times when it first came out because I was still invested in the show and, and you know and when I watched this again I was like oh yeah that was uh and then she's calling her mother and the music you know this is before uh, we start complaining about Mary the music Gold, yeah. yeah I think you know a lot of good stuff there and then her realization that here she is in the future and everyone she knows is dead and everything and the doctor's like well no you know technically no but <laughs> technically yes yeah I liked at the end when they go back to 
uh, London, was the, or just actually Cardiff. Yeah. And they're in them standing in the middle of the road, and people are all walking by, and it kind of is like, you know, she's like, oh, and we just saw all this just get destroyed. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that was... And um, then they just stopped saying, do you smell chips? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's the, that sort of brought us back to this is what the show is like, where you uh, one minute you're going to be doing one thing, the next minute you're back... And they grounded it in a family relationship. Even in this episode, she calls the mo the mother, and that's something I, I actually didn't. I thought it was good in this episode, but I, I I started to not like later on because they kept going back home too often, and they continue to do that in the next story. to a lesser degree yeah. with Martha, and to more of a degree with um, Donna. with who, Donna, Donna and um, Amy, Amy, Clara. Claire, they all sort of have this connection to Earth, and I'm not sure, do we always have to have that? I, I don't know. I thought it was overdone with, with yeah, Rose. Yeah, but, but it's cheaper to film on Earth than to make an alien planet. Well, I don't mind being on Earth, but they always have to be... Like, well, they always have to go back to the current day. Clara is especially like that, where almost every episode she's oh, Danny teaching like or, or at, at her house or whatever. That's like, they do have quarries, right? They could just go to a quarry and pretend it's an alien it's planet. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to look at Clara's apartment all the time. Let's just go and do the adventure. Let's not. It wasn't that bad when they were with Bill because he was being a professor and took time off to be a professor at a university. So that yeah. guy, but they didn't spend all the time there. They actually yeah. went to Alien Planet. There was always a home base, though, with these companions. So a lot of times they're going home because there's something happening on Earth yeah. that they need to sort out. Well, I mean, it gives them a, a it gives them a set of characters that they can deal with. Because in the case of like the Centaurans with Donna, if I believe they 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 have compan they have characters that we've already met. I think who are in danger and it's the family that's in danger it's rose's mom in danger it's it's so they're able to sort of uh there, there's a personal investment where if they go to some place on earth and they don't know anyone there and everyone's in danger you're kind of like well you know they didn't do that in the classic series like when the unit soldiers were being attacked every week by aliens and stuff none of them ever said Oh my God! I hope my family's okay. They just were sitting there shooting and going, "This is we got to save this town because the alien invasion is starting here." They're not sitting there going, "Well, I got to drive home and make sure my 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 girlfriend's okay or my mother's okay." They, there's no connection. There's no personal investment. But now with the news, this series, they did it maybe to the extreme. I feel like they did it too much. But especially if you don't like Rose's mom, where you you don't. You don't like Rose's mom? You don't? No. Oh, I love her. Oh. I love Jackie. She's so she's, obnoxious. I, yeah, that's probably <laughs> I think she's okay sometimes, but it's been worse. Um, so, uh, um, what else? I put down they did not show Jabe's death. So here, here's my one of my complaints about this episode was in in the first episode, um, Rose, they I, I felt like they were they weren't being scary enough. I wanted this show to be really scary because I th I think the classic series tried to be more scary. They might have not succeeded, but they they did. People were scared to death of these things. And with Jabe's death, I think her arms start on fire, but then you see the doctor and a, and a really um, 
uh, out of focus shot in the distance, barely of flames, mm -hmm. and I, I wanted to see the whole thing. I don't know if I was just being like I wanted to see death and destruction, but that's a special effect that I think they could have easily have done, and I think it would have been horrific. It's not a human on fire; it's a tree person. I don't know why they didn't show that, and I felt that the show was was sort of. At that point, I noticed that the show was trying to say, "Oh, we don't want to scare the kids, so let's let's not do this." And I felt they were being really too cautious, and mm -hmm. it bothered me at the time. Not to the point where I was like, "I I want to see her burning head fall down and fall off and ah, scream or something." But I feel like the classic series did more of that, and and you know, and nowadays on TV, that's constant. Sci-Fi Channel, it's like constant, like blood flowing everywhere. And but maybe because this is a family show, they don't want to do it. But I felt it was a little bit of a cop out. I thought the special effects were really good in this. I like, uh, they're dated a little bit, the computer effects, but yeah. the, the little spiders, at one point the little spider comes and actually hits the camera. <laughs> you, know, you know, it doesn't, but they made it so it looked like it, like it actually just bumps in, it comes like in the Zarbi. Yeah. I think it was a little bit of a, like, and the camera shakes a little bit. It's kind of neat how they kind of threw it in. There. I liked that they had, the, the little spiders had a bit of an attitude. Like the, when the one crawled up on the steward's desk and was like, I'm going to poke that, yeah. I'm going to poke that, and then he just sort of goes, boop, yeah. and it was kind of funny. The, uh, <coughs> and I thought the destruction of Earth was good, and, and, and you know, there's some really good effects in this one, and, and obviously I think at the time we were, I don't know what you thought of the special effects when you were first watching, because we were kind of, we knew that how special effects were throughout the TV at that time, but we were also comparing it a little bit to Classic Who, and it was like, oh, wait a minute, <laughs> it's a little bit of a difference. Yeah, I mean, I, I at the time I thought they were fantastic. Now I can see, like, there were points where I could see the computer-generated bot running around, and, you know, but it it was fine. Yeah. It, was, it was, for its time, really, really good, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, I know it's only 14 years old, but still. Yeah. Things have changed. Um, <coughs> yeah, I, I mean, I put down that I thought the music and the ending was really good. The the scene where she's watching the destruction and she, the doctor comes in and she goes, you know, everyone missed it. Yeah, there's some commentary here. This is the end of the world and everyone missed it. They were all worried about themselves and everything. And Right. Um, you know, there's obviously some commentary there which I think works really well. Yeah, and the, the really obvious commentary about Cassandra and <clears throat> plastic surgery and, yeah. you know. And then the other thing which, um, you know, Cassandra is drying up and, and Rose says, save her, yeah. and he goes, you know, why or whatever. and Everything has to die. Let's her die or whatever. You know, I, th I think that was Remind, you know, Eccleston's, I don't know if all the doctors would have done that, I think some of them would have tried to save her, but Eccleston is not one that does that. Yeah. So I, I, I like that, I like how, you know, he said it in the first episode, Rose, he, he was alien, he wasn't human or anything, so. I, um, I did some reading afterwards, I guess this episode had more special effects 
than any other Doctor Who episode to date and, you know, e even beyond, which I, I, I guess, I, I, I wasn't paying attention, but there are quite a bit of effects in this. I thought the some of the aliens were okay. I hate the Mox Balloon or whatever. I hate that character. The blue guy? Yeah. The little fat blue well, guy? Well, we didn't see him once. His voice was horrible. It just didn't match the body or whatever. And the face of Ball was fine until they mutated him later on and made him something else, but... Uh, some of the aliens were pretty cool. Yeah, they were kind of cool. I did not quite get the repeating meme thing. I, I knew they were, I, I mean, in the end, they were just droids, but I didn't understand how that was... How were they aliens? I don't know. They confused me Do a little bit. Do they come back later on? No. I don't think so. I didn't know this either. I guess he wanted the episode to air, this episode, End of the World, to end, air the same night as Rose. He wanted it back to back. And I think he wrote it in such a way that he, you know... Yeah. And I guess that makes sense, um, maybe to a degree, but... Like I said, after I watched this episode, I remember I was like, I gave it a 9 out of 10. I really liked it. Whereas Rose, I think I gave it a 6 or 7. And was a little let down by it, but... Um, and then it goes downhill after that. But <laughs> did you know that this episode did not air in the United States until 2006? It was a year later. This is before it airing the same. You know, so we yeah, because it went on Sci-Fi a year late. Yeah, and, and I couldn't. I couldn't stand. It. I mean, we were getting this stuff right from. This is where. This is our introduction to. Our friends trading online, uh -huh. know, however that has gone, <laughs> the, the legal or semi... Well, back that, in the 80s was VHS, tape trading. Yes. And, and it's I, kind of the same thing. Yeah, except it was a lot longer, but I mean, I remember I got, I got parts of season before the season was over, so, so some of my contacts were pretty quick, but the quality wasn't that great. It was like multiple copies or whatever, but I didn't have a, a really good contact in England at all during that time period to to get stuff really quick. Plus the 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 format change, the format differences were really difficult to overcome at that point. Mm. Um, so you had to rely on someone who had a region-free VCR to record it. But at this point, it was. We're introduced to the world of news groups, I think. Were they the news groups? Yeah, news groups. It wasn't Torrent until a little bit later, but... And it was it was a pain. I mean, you know, you're getting different versions that weren't looking right, and... Um, anyways, I'm going to get into that. So I, I think by the time I started watching Doctor Who, it was on Netflix. So I didn't start watching it probably until like 2011. Oh wow, so Matt Smith was the doctor <clears throat> maybe? I mean, I started from the beginning. I started watching Oh yeah, from the yeah, beginning. no, but I mean... But yeah, it had been on. Okay, so for, you didn't watch them as they were coming <clears throat> out or whatever. Nope, yeah. no, I wasn't... It was not on my radar until I started working with a guy who was a huge fan and he was like, you gotta watch this show. You, yeah. you, you'll love it. You mm -hmm. like Buffy, you liked, you know, Firefly. 
you got to watch this. Yeah. And at that point, it was still on Netflix. Okay. Yeah. So or it's maybe got, I torrented it. It's obviously gotten easier, um, but back then it was not as easy. No. Because I didn't start watching it until after my ex-husband and I split up, yeah. and that was in 2010. Because I remember I was I brought episodes over to the club, and people were watching them. That's the first time they watched them, I think, for a while until they started coming out in America. But there was such a delay; it was so frustrating to have to rely on that. I'm always frustrated with the way the American handles Doctor Who, but uh, even to this day. But um, well, it's annoying when it's on BBC America because they the commercials force them to cut stuff out of the show. Yeah. I That's think the initial airing is, is uncut, I think. Yeah, the initial airing is uncut. Oh, the is it? But then they airing But the repeats are yeah. cut. Yeah. Plus the commercials on BBC America are so annoying. I just don't see why BBC America can't simulcast it when it airs in England and then show it again at night. They can. They can, <laughs> but they don't. They don't. Well, even when they did the simulcast, they weren't true simulcasts because they still interrupted with commercials. With commercials. Yeah. And so it's like, you might be... Well, at least, even though they had the commercials... Once you finished watching the episode, you could be free to go back online and not stay offline f for spoilers. No, that's true. But you were you were that. What was the? It was a. What what episode did they do that with? The the fiftieth anniversary episode. I think they did it with. Yeah, but there weren't any commercials, so that no. no they also Jodie Whittaker's first story. Okay, but I mean, but there was commercials. Yeah, and so, not not. It's not a big deal. Okay, fifteen twenty minutes later, yeah. but still. When were we texting each other at one point? It's like, well, the episode's already over. And it's like, well, wait a minute, it's not over because they're still showing it on BBC. And it's annoying because you want to say something. Oh, I something. was watching it on, I was watching it on the BBC website because yeah. I have a VPN. Okay. Yeah, so I, either way, it's still, whatever. I, I mean, you know, again, we could do a special on how it's Doctor Who in America type thing and <laughs> complain about it, but... Anything else about this one? No, I I liked it a lot more than I remembered liking it. Yeah. I didn't think I was going to like it as much because uh, you know again I have you know one thing is Russell T Davis episodes maybe are a little bit better in my mind now because I have to compare it to some of the Moffat Moffat stuff that we've gone through. Um, but also a lot of the things that. Rose not becomes not one of my favorite characters, and so when I watch this episode, it's hard for me to sit there and say, "Oh, geez, in a couple of episodes she does this," and it's like, Ugh. but you try to you try to remove that from your mind and go, "Well, I'm going to watch this as is," and you know, mm -hmm. see. But there's good stuff in it. Okay. Okay. Thanks for listening. <laughs>